Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Marlin's Corner. This is going to be our last episode of 2021 as we head into the new year, 2022. Uh, I know things are progressing quickly. I know a lot of us are still processing 2019, but unfortunately, time marches on, as they say. So uh, we're getting ready for that step into the future Uh very shortly. Um, for today's episode, I do want to give a shout out to everyone that is listening, that is supporting, that is liking, sharing, saving all the things on Instagram and all that. I really, really appreciate you all. I want to thank you to send a thank you to everyone who's filled out the survey. Um, huge shout out to you all. That's super helpful. We are already going to be looking at ways to improve the platform, the channel for 2022, and we couldn't have done it without you all. So, Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, today's episode, we are going to be diving into our last Christmas movie of the year, and then we'll be going into uh, just a wrap-up discussion from my take of how 2021 went. Uh, so without further ado, let's just dive right in. We'll do our first Christmas film. This, of course, will follow the format of spoiler-free in the beginning, and then spoilers and discussions at the end. For today's uh, film review, we're going to be talking about Single All the Way. Now, Single All the Way follows... Uh, a character by the name of Peter, who is desperate to avoid returning home to his family during the holidays, uh, single again. So Peter has convinced his best friend, uh, Nick, to join him for the holidays and pretend they are dating. But when they return home, Peter's mother has a surprise for him. Uh, he has set she has set him up for a blind date with someone that she knows. Now, single all the way follows uh, two gay characters, uh, Peter and Nick, uh, and it does a really awesome thing of kind of changing a story that we've seen before, where a single woman goes down to visit their family and they want to put her on a date, or they or we even have a single woman and her male friend who are close friends and everyone thinks they should date until they date anyway, but this film decides to make it uh, two male characters so we get a nuanced view of uh, of this trope. And of course, like most Christmas films, you know, it's full of tropes, but I will say, by and large, uh, a lot of the tropes we see and sing all the way are more or less acceptable and don't really uh, circumvent the plot or kind of stand out too much, which is really great. And I know that with a lot of holiday films, it can definitely detract from what you're watching, uh, but in this one, the tropes definitely, I think, add to the overall cuteness of the film. Uh, it's important to note uh, that the actors, Michael Yuri, who plays Peter, and Philemon Chambers, who played Nick, uh, they are equal parts goofy and adorable in this film. You can really tell that they took these, like, they took these roles to heart. Uh, they're playing two characters who are just very close and very friendly with, with with one another, and it's just done uh, in this very, uh, really breathtaking way. Uh, some of the shots that are done in this way, some of the, the like, some of the cinematography is just shot so well and so beautifully. You kind of get swept up into the storytelling, uh, even if we've seen it before, even if this is a very, you know, tried and true formulaic uh, script we've seen before, it's still done in a way that I think adds newness to it and pulls you into it. Um, we have amazing characters. You have Jennifer Coolidge is in this. Uh, they don't use her a lot, but when she is in these in these scenes, uh, she definitely chews up the script and you can't help but kind of focus on her, quite honestly. Uh, but Sing All The Way definitely is a fun film to watch. I would definitely give it a six or seven on the Sydney Zuniga 
Christmas scale. Uh, so if you do want to check it out, please give it a view. It is on Netflix. It's really enjoyable. Uh, you'll definitely have a fun time just being overcome with how cute these characters are or just how silly uh, Jennifer Coolidge is or even just how uh, amazingly supportive the family is around getting uh, their younger sibling uh, a date on the holidays. I, I just love how they're all like just really supportive. We need to find you a man so you can be happy because you deserve happiness. So give it a watch. Sing all the way on Netflix. And when we come back, we'll dive right into our uh, spoiler uh, rendition of uh, Sing All The Way. See you soon. All right, folks. Welcome back to the spoiler edition of Single All The Way. So if you've already seen it or you're just interested in knowing how this film goes down, let's dive right into it. Uh, what I love about this film uh, is that uh, Nick is an African-American character who is a children's uh, author. He writes picture books for kids, specifically about his dog uh, that is a rescue. And so our first introduction to this character, Nick, is that he is a, a, a writer who has already published one of these bigger hits, one of these bigger children's books hits, and he's trying to figure out what book two is going to be. And so he has like this author money. So he more or less in the beginning of this movie doesn't really have a lot to kind of pop out. He just, he's a writer, he's in the house, he's more or less like financially stable. Uh, the film does kind of focus primarily on Peter. He works for an ad advertisement company. Uh, he definitely is trying to pinpoint ways to advertise to within the LGBT community uh, and find ways of making sure that they buy a product. And he has this um, big project that every Christmas film character has to have, this big project that potentially could keep them away from the holidays or keep them preoccupied. And so he definitely has to figure out a way to solve that. Uh, but when we do get this whole conflict of him not wanting to be single, they decide that they are going to pretend to date. Uh, they do drop early hints on that the family has always told them we think Peter and Nick should date. Um, primarily, they do acknowledge that everyone thinks that the that the two good people that they know should date. And it's, you know, it, it, it doesn't work like that, you know, like just because you know two gay people doesn't mean they have to wind up together. Uh, and that's kind of talked about a lot. And it's also used um, by the main characters as one of their reasons for not dating is because they don't want to make it that obvious. They don't want to be those two friends that were friends for so long and then date because what if it doesn't work out? Then you've lost that friendship. So for the most part, they are trying to stay away uh, because they don't want to risk ruining what they have. And that's this friendship that's been going on for a very long time. Um, we even get them going back to the house when they're down there visiting Peter's family and you have uh, the family is divided. The mother, uh, he, Peter's mother is very much on the side of, hey, listen, when I was, you know, when you were younger, I wanted you to the date. But now that you're older, like, I'm all for you, you know, dating someone else. Actually, I have someone you should probably check out. It's my other, it's the only other gay person I know, my trainer. So not too helpful. But on the other side of that, the rest of the family is like, great, we need Peter to date Nick. This is what we're all going to go for. So we're going to do, of course, the tried and true trope of uh, having them do decorations together or fixing their schedule to where like, oh, looks like you two are doing some project together. That's so strange. So it's definitely them following, you know, the 
the playbook of a Christmas film, you know, the, the paint by number structure of how these romantic Christmas comedies go. Uh, but it's also something we haven't really seen before. We've, we haven't really seen two male characters, um, be uh, featured on the front of Netflix as they like as they're advertising this from of like great here's here's a same sex couple who are going to be going through through this romantic journey for the holiday so it's really refreshing to see that uh, and it's also just really great to see them use Jennifer Coolidge I wasn't that they should have used her more I think they definitely uh, didn't know what to do with her all the time maybe she just is uh overpowering certain scenes. She definitely is a scene stealer whenever they did decide to use her. Uh, and of course, they gave her the role of being uh, the theater mom of the Christmas pageant. So we only ever got to see her on stage uh, wanting to put on a Broadway level performance with uh, fourth graders. So that was highly entertaining to just watch Jennifer Coolidge kind of chew up the scenes with these kids who are just at the mercy uh, of her gesticulations and her, and her loud shouting. It was just uh, fantastic to watch her work. So it was, it was great. Another thing that I enjoyed about the film that I think is truly important uh, is, as I, as I mentioned earlier, the way that the film was shot, uh, the way that the camera worked, uh, a lot of these angles. Whenever Nick and Peter were together, there definitely was uh, these very subtle and romantic gestures and moments that the camera was able to kind of uh, highlight for us. They were able to see these these glancing looks, uh, the, 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 the touching of the face, the touching of the arm, the laughing, the giggling. It was just so beautiful and so heartwarming to watch these two characters that are absolutely in love with one another, uh, but are just too afraid to pursue it. But time and time again, we, get, we got a chance to see them uh, just be so lovey-dovey uh, and just really root for them. Honestly, throughout the film, you just are rooting for them to turn that corner and just go for it. And it was just beautiful. It was heartwarming. Uh, and it filled you with all the joy of the holidays. Uh, I do think that my, I think my only, um, knack at the film, I would say, uh, is I think Nick being uh, an author was great, uh, but what's really fascinating was that he also had a secondary gig as a TaskRabbit. So I'm guessing TaskRabbit got some money for this film because Nick, wherever he went, was just doing random manual labor wherever he was going, uh, taking people's trash out, getting people's garbage, uh, going grocery shopping, putting up Christmas lights. Uh, it was very interesting that they decided to plug that in there. Uh, I mean, he's working during the holidays, doing a lot of these odds and ends. And it's one thing for him to uh, volunteer his work or his services to his family, friends. It's another thing to like go on a vacation and then uh, spend that time doing doing work, doing odds and ends and trying to, I guess, stay preoccupied. Um, I think it, it definitely should have been maybe written as instead of him doing TaskRabbit, maybe he's uh, just doing things word of mouth. I feel like it feels less capitalistic that way. It feels less of, uh, uh, of oh, hey, I, I need to make ends meet doing TaskRabbit during the holidays. And maybe, oh, I'm doing this out of the kindness of my own heart. So I think that was one knack I have against it, um, which is like, honestly... 
So it, it's it's a huge stretch. It's a very big stretch. I think the other nag I have is kind of how the film chose to wrap at the very end of the film. Uh, of course, Peter and Nick decide, you know, they have that big uh, climax of, oh, we can't be together. We got to run away. Like, I'm going to go home. And Nick decides to go for a walk and uh, winds up uh, taking another task rabbit job before he leaves. And he ends up painting the inside of an individual's workshop that he's closing down. Uh, and then in that moment, he decides to sell his shop to Nick randomly. He, he never met Nick. He met Nick that day and Nick just helped him paint things and move things around. But within that conversation, they had already struck an agreement, uh, gone through escrow and, bought that, that property. Uh, and then, of course, Peter shows up and he's like, great, you can open up a plant shop here and I'm going to move here, which, of course, like, and again, like that as someone who's purchased a home, it's a crazy long process. That's one thing. The second thing, of course, is we never get a chance to see anyone from Nick's side. We see all of Peter's family. We kind of get that. We see that. We see no one of Peter's side at all. Even if like there was like, I guess like a, even if they decided to drop a subtle hint of like, maybe we don't talk that much. We don't really get a chance to see who is a part of Nick's inner circle. Uh, we see Peter has his friends from his job and Nick and his family, but we never get a chance to see who Nick goes to besides Peter. It just seems like Nick just goes wherever he wants to go. Uh, and I mean, I love that it's, you know, it's very, you know, it's, it's very equal opportunity that great, not just women characters uproot themselves and go with their, you know, their, their new husband character. Now we have a, male character doing something very similar, but it's just very surprising that throughout this whole thing, we never get a chance to see uh, this, this, this black man. We never get a chance to see who his family is, where they come from, if they're supportive, if they're excited about the wedding, about the books, blah, blah, blah. Like we don't, we, we never get a chance to explore that. I feel like it was honestly unfinished. Uh, I think as far as a, a perfect story that it could have been by choosing to exclude um, Nick's, whole side of his his family or his loved ones we instead just get this very white christmas movie with this black guy who just came in and again like it's okay to include this interracial couple but it's also important to highlight that they both come from different backgrounds and we could have a chance to maybe see nick's side also suspecting and thinking that hey you and peter would be great together but we never get a chance to see that we only focus on Peter's side. I mean, maybe they'll do a sing all the way to next year and we get to go see their family, but it just felt like it was um, a missed opportunity that they should have capitalized on uh, in the film that really could have added, I think, a lot to how this film chose to wrap up. Uh, but all in all, it was cute, you know? They get together, they move into this Midwest town, and of course, Nick gets his new book idea. He now has a sequel to his book where he has his dog, and now his dog has Nick and Peter as a little family. And it looks like, it looks great on the cover, you know? It's like, you know, I have two dads now, so it was very beautiful, very fantastic, but I truly wish that they had explored more of Nick's side to, I think, really wrap up all the things that this story could have truly been about. Uh, but that's single all the way. If you feel like checking it out, again, it's on Netflix. And give it a view if you feel like you want to just get involved with some other fun holiday tropes as we get towards uh, Christmas uh, and uh, New Year's.
Hey everyone, uh, like I said, we're going to be wrapping our last podcast of the year with a 2020 review of the year. Uh, you see me review movies and TV shows, I'm now going to review the year 2021. Some things that uh, definitely stick out out of 2021 was we had an opportunity to see our transition from the Trump era to the Biden era, which of course has us talk about January 6th, the insurrectionist who, the insurrectionists who decided to show up and just really embody what we all happen to picture Republicans as. And I think that that's, that's probably not going to change for a lot of people. We now are going to identify what a Republican is based on what we saw out there, uh, individuals wanting to overthrow our institutions, uh, especially ones that they seem to have been telling us for years that they believed it and they were upholding. So definitely it was surprising to see that. Um, but we, you know, had hope. We had hope that once Joe Biden got in, uh, we would see these changes that he talked about. But of course, it just reminded us that if there's uh, one thing that is always constant is that they are, that there exists very normal, moderate politicians that we will always have. We know that Trump was terrible. We know that he was extremist. But we also know that with uh, Joe Biden, we are returning back to normal. And unfortunately, normal means no changes, uh, which is truly disappointing, especially knowing that uh, he was definitely trying to ride on those uh, radical leftist coattails of like, let's get rid of student debt. Let's talk about... Uh, mortgage refinancing. Let's talk about all these things that these young folks are all on board for. And of course, uh, to no surprise to anyone, we uh, come back to uh, a very moderate president who doesn't believe in supporting or helping student loan debt. And so uh, come uh, February 1st, yours truly and among other individuals will be going back to paying those federal student loans uh, that we were hoping would be at least capped or uh, reduced or even disappear. So that's definitely disappointing to see that come out the gate. Um, another disappointment we had coming from 2021 would be all the video game nonsense. And by nonsense, uh, I mean video game companies like Blizzard, a riot where uh, we find out that the games that they produce, while they'd be fantastic and fun, uh, it's behind the scenes that is truly uh, terrible and uh, quite frankly disappointing. We find out that individuals like Blizzard are taking advantage of women and men who happen to speak out or try to change what's going on. Uh, and it just serves as a reminder that there is so so much work to be done within the video game industry, uh, and that really isn't a lot happening. We know that as far as unionizing, uh, they're nowhere near that just yet. Uh, and we do know that there are some companies that are now deciding to um, adjust their behavior towards their employees because of the recent influx of uh, video game companies being in the news. Now, of course, that could be because, you know, we are just riding out of the pandemic and folks are being uh, very open to covering these stories. But it just serves to remind us that the industry that we happen to love, video games, has a lot of things that are going on for a while now that we just weren't really privy to. And now that all eyes are on there, the hope is that moving forward, uh, 2022 and beyond, we might see some changes. So we'll have to wait and see. 
And lastly, something that was disappointing about 2021, uh, I would have to say is education. Now, for folks who have been with me since the beginning, you all know that I worked in education for a very long time, about eight years now. Uh, I spent my final year working at a high school uh, as a dean of students covering an 11th and 12th grade journey, helping them graduate, going to their houses, encouraging them to continue to strive for their education during a pandemic year, uh, and only to come back into this 2021 2022 year and realize that nothing about education was going to change to support these students. Uh, it didn't matter that uh, folks like myself were advocating for more time to support the social emotional structures that these students would need. It didn't matter. What only mattered for the world of education is that these kids get back in school so their parents can get back to work. Uh, and that became more and more apparent as we realized that, great, none of no school has within it the structure to support uh, an open air policy around COVID safety. We know that we want rooms to be well ventilated. Not a lot of schools were made to have proper ventilation going through them in the way that uh, would be preferred to prevent a airborne illness. Uh, we know that for a lot of students, they were coming from being at home by themselves to coming to a classroom full of 30 students, max capacity. We know that they would need uh, mental health services and those services were not increased. Those services were not given more funding. So we, instead of having all these students return to as much support as possible by mental health clinicians, what we find out is that they return to schools where they're on a waiting list to meet maybe two of three mental health clinicians, if any, that are available on site. I would know that these students still currently, as we're going into 2022, are still struggling. We know that they are far Behind, They spent a year and a half away from home trying to get their education on or maybe even not getting their education going. And instead of us spending a year really focusing and honing in on teaching them what it's like to be in a classroom again, instead of teaching them how to assess their emotions, instead of teaching them how to return to the social structure that is high school or any school, uh, we instead wanted them to come back, sit in those seats, get those attendants in and have them do tests for state funding. Uh, it was truly show that there is no, there is no uh, love from um, the, the Department of Ed when it comes to supporting our children. What it comes down to is money. Uh, and these kids need to be in school to have our districts and our states receive that money, receive that funding. And it's truly disappointing that as they're returning to school now, they are still struggling. They are still having a hard time and there is not enough funding going into education specifically towards the mental health component to support these students who have dealt with God knows what while they were away. We know that, uh, we know that a lot of them have to take jobs to support their families uh, because they maybe were laid off or maybe couldn't have enough hours to work. We know that some of them lost family members due to COVID. Uh, and instead of us spending a, more time trying to support them and give them a scaffolded approach to education, we instead gave them a week or maybe even two to get their syllabus and said, great, sit down for an hour and a half, here's your book, do your homework, you're getting graded. Uh, and that was a huge disappointment going into this year. Uh, and I know that with 
2022, that's, that's not going to change. But uh, I do hope that as we move forward, there are educators who are still pushing back, who are still advocating for change. I know I will support them. I hope you all will too. Now, we don't want to end on the negative. We, of course, want to talk about some positives. Now, uh, one positive out of 2021, I have to say, is for me, it fully uh, gave me an idea of who is in my corner. I think we spend a lot of our time, especially in adulthood, really try to figure out, cool, like, I know I got friends, I know we hang out, but like, are they truly, truly my friends? Or is it more or less like we're, you know, proximity associate or maybe we were work friends? Due to the, the pandemic uh, and due to even coming out of the pandemic, we were able to see who was gonna make time for you, who's gonna reach out to you. And more than that, we're also able to see which friends were going to communicate to you, hey, I'm still feeling X, Y, Z about being out and about. I want to see you, but I'm still, you know, not there yet. We were able to see friends reach out, work on communication, and really have honest and frank discussions with one another around their feelings about being back in public. And I think for me specifically, and others I know, um, it really helped us solidify what those friendships look like. It really helped us realize I care deeply about you uh, enough to know that I want to reach out to you and check in with you. And also enough to know that, hey, you're dealing with post-quarantine uh, life like I am, and you're going to deal with it in your own way, but I want you to know that I care about you, and you let me know that I care about you. So I think that that was an important part of twenty-one uh, of 2021, to see that friendships were solidified, and maybe some even dissolved away, but the ones that, that solidified were the ones that you were looking for the whole time anyway. Another positive of 2021, I want to say, uh, has to be, I think, uh, the sheer amount of uh, creativity that we happened to see. We saw that roller skating uh, had a huge uptick. Uh, I know that before roller, but before the quarantine, uh, even post-quarantine, uh, I know that roller skating became a big thing. People were out and about buying more and more roller skates. I know that across the street from my home, there was a roller skate shop that's been there for a very long time and it's had okay business. During the quarantine and post-quarantine, that store had a line around the block every weekend. There were people going there buying either new skates, new wheels, laces, uh, getting a custom fit. And it got to the point where the store had to move to a bigger location because people were now having this more, uh, having this interest in roller skating and by proxy, more interest in other uh, artistic ventures. We saw a lot of folks popped up with podcasts. Hey, it's your boy. Uh, looking for podcasts, looking for art, writing books, writing comics, doing stories. Shout out to uh, the other Marlon on here who is also doing uh, his own manga with some friends, we now saw that people were deciding to themselves, you know what? I wasted a year and a half, or maybe you didn't, in, in my home. Time slowed down and it allowed me to really think, what is it that I want to do? Maybe you were working in a job that time that you didn't enjoy. And now that you were forced to work from home, you really thought to yourself, is this something I want to continue doing? And so as soon as you were able to move around again, you were able to figure out 
I want to put my all into this project. I want to put my all into honing my artistic vision. And I think that was a positive we see in 2021. We saw a lot of folks deciding to venture, to write, uh, to paint, to draw, take photos, to skate. We saw them hit uh, the sky. We saw them pursue things that maybe they didn't have the initial push to do, but, but being in that quarantine, it truly allowed for them to, of course, sit there in that space and think about what makes me happy. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that moving forward. And that's another win for 2021. And lastly, a big win for 2021, I want to say has uh, got to be uh, streaming services. Streaming services, uh, of course, they came out big um, in 2021. Uh, they were there for us when we were at home all the time. And because we were at home all the time, we saw uh, a great increase in content. We saw a great increase of purchasing other IPs and adapting them to TV and movie formats. Uh, we saw them really push the boundaries of our imagination. Uh, and we saw them finally acknowledge that the future of movie watching might be in your own home. Uh, with HBO Max deciding to do simultaneous releasing of things, uh, as well as some other services, we are seeing that the future of movie going might end up being a dual system. It might be TV, it might be movie, um, but if you are truly interested in a property, you'll go to the movies. Uh, and I'm hoping that we see more of this. I'm hoping that we see more uh, active uh, stream um, sh streaming services update their catalog, really give us a full gambit, a full swath of content, because I do think that with uh, the purchasing of new properties, the content has increased, but also uh, the impact has increased. We're seeing more stories hit the newsway. We're seeing uh, stories that are in different languages. We're seeing stories that have uh, different accommodations. Maybe there are people who are using sign language more. Maybe there are folks who are differently abled who are also uh, having the spotlight. We're seeing people invest in things that uh, now have an audience. That I mean, they've always had an audience, but now people are more uh, active and clamoring for it, that are more interested in seeing themselves on TV or seeing the perspective of others. So 2021 gave us a huge influx of streaming services. We know that when they came out, there was, of course, that spike. But I do think that with 2021, we saw a an expanse. We saw, you know... From Ted Lasso all the way to Love Island, uh, people have been wanting more and more. And the sky's the limit. I know that with Netflix, they're purchasing IPs left and right. So is Amazon with their Lord of the Rings uh, show they're going to be doing soon. And I, for one, am looking forward to seeing what's going to happen next uh, with 2022. I'll be here. Hopefully you'll be here. Uh, this has been Marlon's Corner. And if you want, hit me up on social media. Tell me what you appreciated from 2021 and what are you most looking forward to in 2022. And with that being said, folks, this is the last episode of 2021 from Marlon's Corner. Uh, for me, to you, to your loved ones, have an amazing holiday season. We'll see you back here in the future in the corner on Marlon's Corner. Bye, everyone. This episode of Marlin's Corner was produced in Richmond, California.